the blast from our past network. Oh my god. What have you done? What did you do? I can't believe what you did. I can't believe you did this. What? You drank my father's liquor. That's what you did. Give me this. What? I hardly think you'll notice, Ira. Oh, no? Duh. Look at that. What is that, huh? He marks the levels of the bottles at the end of every summer, God. <laughs> oh my God, he does. So what? Of course he does. A lot of people do that. Oh my God, look at this. Will you look at this? Look at that, huh? Why don't you guys just stab me in the fucking back right now, huh? <laughs> stab me mean. in the fucking back right now. Relax, Ira. Oh, Ira, is this one of your friends? Ira doesn't have any friends. That's not true. Matt, where are your friends at? This place is supposed to be deserted. It's like goddamn Woodstock. Fucking rent a cop. Shit. Ira, don't answer it. Don't answer it. I have to answer it. If I don't answer it, then they call the cops, okay? Then the cops will call my father, and then he'll be here. And then we'll all be dead, all right? Oh, sorry. I already am dead. Thank you. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are covering the movie Suicide Kings. And with me is co-host Dean. Dean, what is up, man? Hey, Tim. I, I I didn't know what this movie was. I'd never heard of it before. No. And I expect... Never even heard of this one. I expected that from you. But yeah, this one, especially hard to come by. It definitely, yes. It was hard for me to come by, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of this movie. I have it on DVD. So I just assumed it was streaming somewhere not the case not the not the case not the case for me um i got a little i got a little app that tells me where everything in the world is streaming even if you have to rent it it still tells you that and i just you know typed in suicide kings uh looked it up clicked on it no streaming services available nothing this movie is not available anywhere it tells me very weird I, I'll, very I'll, weird i'll start off the top apologizing to the listeners that unfortunately you won't be able to go and get this one uh, unless you want to pick it up on DVD, like order it from whatever eBay or, you know, go to some illegal downloading, you know, extent. That's a way to do it. Don't do it, but that's a way. Don't do it. And I'm not saying Don't do it. why I know it's available for download illegally. I, I'm not saying why I know that, but... It might be there. I don't know. Could be. Don't do it. If you really wanted but... to see the movie, which I highly recommend. It's so good. You might <laughs> try that. Yeah. Not because I know that it's there, but just as, you know, a last ditch effort. Yeah. On a hunch. Or reach out to me and I'll mail you my copy if you promise to, to mail it back to me. Yeah. I'd be happy you to would do, do that. that. I would do that. Yeah, that was one of your offers to me. I, I, that's true. I offered, I offered you to borrow the DVD, but you were not uh, coming to the area of t of town that I'm in anytime soon. Yeah, not in time, Tim, because you hold the episodes for so long. You don't tell me what we're doing till a few days before, so there was no time for yeah, me to come get it. Because I don't know what we're doing until a couple of days before. It's true. It's true. Well, anyways, hey Dean, what did you think of this movie? 
Um, it's uh underrated gem or uh, whatever, a hidden gem. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah, great movie, man. I had I had just a blast with it. I will I will say, when it started, I was a little iffy, but there was a point where it really turned for me. So I'll tell you that point where it really turned for me. I know where it turned for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ah. Uh, there's a, is there a name attached to the point the movie turned for you? There is a character attached to the point the movie turned for me. Is yes, the character's is. name Ira? The character's <laughs> name is Ira. Yeah. 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 Best part of the movie. It turns the movie around, <laughs> and then it just sails yeah, from there. It's great. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I used to have um, a B-movie rental night in my life. That's just something that I used to do. Uh, yeah. every, every Thursday night, I'd... Uh, head on over to the local video store and I'd find a B movie that looked really interesting. And that's how I found this one. And I found a lot of great B movies that way, dude. Totally. I found this movie called point blank. Oh yeah. There's, there's multiple, multiple movies with this name. And okay. this is the most obscure one to find. Cool. Uh, really, really cool movie with, um, Kevin Gage is in it. Uh, he's in a lot of cool movies. Mickey Rourke is in it. Danny Trejo. Very, very cool movie. Uh, mean Guns is another one with Ice-T and Christopher Lambert that I found. Truth or Consequence with Kiefer Sutherland is another one. Um, a Life Less Ordinary. Not as much a B movie, but more of like um, a lesser known A movie, but really, really, right. really yeah. cool movie. And yeah. uh, even Vampires was something I kind of came across you right know, yeah cool knowing the the john carpenter connection um you know i don't know if you can cons consider that a b movie but it kind of feels like that but great time in my life this thursday night b movie um deal totally. went on for about a year great time so that, that's where i that's where i found this cool sounds awesome it's, it's it's a great find i mean i would never have heard of this or watched it probably unless maybe it came by on cable for some reason maybe then i i would watch it but uh yeah there's no other, no other way I would have found this thing, and I'm I'm glad I did. Yeah, well, it made me think maybe I should start a streaming service and start gobbling yes. up these titles that are nowhere to be found. Yes, B movie. Well, yeah, this you can th call it B movies. B movies, but yeah, maybe this is this would be the one that I get. I, I'd like get the license for this one. Yeah, and then I I don't know I don't know where it goes from there, but hey, people could watch Suicide Kings. <laughs> you you got to start somewhere. You got to yeah, start with one. Yeah, I, I bet you they all yeah. just started with one, probably. Yeah, probably. Probably all streaming services probably just started they all, with they one They all had movie. to get the first movie, right? The one that they got the, the first, first one. one. Yeah. And then they framed it. They put it on the wall. That was our first streaming movie. Yeah. And then not, then you have Netflix. It just The next yeah. step one, get one movie. Step two, you are Netflix. The world. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. Now, this was released in 1997 with a budget of $5 million. This movie only grosses $1.7 So I think that's what happens when nobody hears or knows about your movie. Yes, when no one knows it exists, you don't make money on it. Yeah, yeah. when there's zero marketing tied to it and you don't tell anybody yeah. about it, it's <laughs> yeah. not going to do well. <laughs> you just put it in a theater. You don't tell anyone it's there. You just put it there. No one's going to know what to do with it. No. The cast told all their family and friends about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that raised $1.7 And I don't think anybody yeah. else saw it. No. And then you rented it. I rented later. it. And then I bought it. Yeah. And I love it. Um, it is based on a short story called The Hostage by Dan Stanford. 
Okay. Feels like a short story. Yeah, I bet that'd be a pretty cool, pretty tight read. Yeah. He was directed by a Peter O'Fallon, and I have not seen anything from this guy, and he only has four movies to his name. He's okay. uh, mostly a TV director. Okay. Cinematography by a Christopher Baffa, and he also is mostly in television, which usually for me is worrisome when somebody is like known as a TV cinematographer and then they kind of jump yeah. into the movies. I start to wonder the quality of what we're going to get. But Christopher, he utilized a lot of close-ups and extreme close-ups, which is what you'd expect out of TV. Yeah. That is a style of like filmmaking that I feel makes the movie way more intimate, uh, makes yeah. you feel like you're part of it a lot more. And that just happened to work really well in this movie because that's kind of the vibe that you need to get across. Yeah, totally. There was some like moving camera tricks all over the place, but like they weren't like mind blowing things and they weren't like, oh, that was a cool thing to do. But it did feel right with the setting, you know, like when there was when he'd be on someone's face and then kind of pull back and then pull into someone else's. I liked it. I, I thought it fit fit with the movie, even though it didn't like blow my mind. That was like such a cool trick. Predator is a great example of this type of um, film shooting. Like there's so many just tight, tight close-ins to yeah. the people in the group. And yeah. it's because they want you to feel like you're there with them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I felt like I was here with this, this group of people. Yeah. So yeah, I, th I think in this instance, that worked out just fine. Cool. Yeah, me too. Now, music by Graham Ravel. Now, this is the the heavy hitter of the uh, the crew in this movie. Okay. This guy's done some high-profile stuff. He did People Under the Stairs. He did Hard Target, The Crow, Street Fighter, The Basketball Diaries, Strange Days, From Dusk Till Dawn, Pitch Black, Blow, Freddy vs. Jason, Sin City, Planet Terror, and many, many more. All right. So I think the music was really interesting in this in this movie. It was very tense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to say that I liked it because it was often like very uncomfortable. And it was yeah. definitely not something like you'd put on your playlist and listen to this soundtrack like you could with other soundtracks. But it works perfectly for the movie. Yeah, I liked it. Um, it uh, there was a couple of parts in the movie that I rewound because what was being said didn't quite match the tone of the music. And I rewound to watch it because I, it was the music pointing out that I should listen to that because this movie is sort of a mystery. And there was a lot of musical cues in it to try to push you in the right direction, uh, which I thought was really cool. Like I was just rewinding regular scenes where just someone was talking, but the music didn't match what they were saying. And it did actually help me get to a conclusion. Nice. Okay. So you mentioned rewinding it. I know you often watch movies twice for the podcast. Did you get a chance to watch this one twice? Yes, it wasn't. Uh, it, it, because it was a, a tight schedule, it wasn't the... Um, it wasn't the usual watching it twice, but I was able to stick it on while I was sort of, you know, making supper and still paying attention to it. So I did have it running a second time and got to um, soak it in mostly. Okay, yeah, because very different experience the second time. Oh, yes. Once you know yeah. what's going on. For sure. Um, 
I want to touch on the cast because what's making this movie so great is the cast that they put behind it. Now you have Christopher Walken. I mean, come on. Dennis Leary, Johnny Galecki, Jay Moore, Sean Patrick Flannery, Brad Garrett, and Henry Thomas, who played Elliot in E.T. Elliot. E.T. Phone, Elliot. It's great, man. To hang out. Elliot, not answer phone. E.T. Sad. That's my favorite scene. Is that a scene? That's your favorite scene? (laughs) When Elliot doesn't pick up the phone? Yeah. E.T. Dow. Wrong number. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good scene. That's a good scene. Those are my two favorite scenes in that movie. He doesn't quite know how to dial. (laughs) A movie which I hate, by the way. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that. Shocking. I mean, it's not shocking that you hate it, but uh, wow, that's a great movie. (laughs) But I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But yeah. Um. I hated it as a kid, so I don't know. Why do I need to revisit it? Do I think younger you me was a liar? I don't think that. No, you don't need to revisit yeah, it. Yeah, I don't need to revisit it. It's fine. No, no one, Tim, no one's making you. It's fine. Younger me was fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's fine. Yeah. He Older ma- you's fine, too. It's, it's all good. <laughs> Maybe he ate too much candy, but he's, he was fine. <laughs> uh, I love it, though. I would like to put that out there. I do love E.T. He's a good friend. You and probably the majority of the other people who've seen it. Right. I'm the I'm the anomaly here, I believe. Yeah. I'm the anomaly. Yeah, the other 80 million people who saw it in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> the highest gross movie up. of all time at that time. <laughs> this comes up from time to time. Um, I'm a weirdo, and I don't like movies that are really popular and people like. Doesn't Some of them don't do it for me. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, getting back to this Elliot. movie. <laughs> oh, well, go ahead. No, I don't want to interrupt that. Go ahead. Elliot. That's all I have. That's it. You That's all I have. Yeah. You couldn't even put together a sentence? No, he doesn't put together a sentence very oh, well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Elliot. See, I don't know if you remember, Tim. He doesn't just, he doesn't put together sentences like dialed the wrong number. <laughs> E.T. burned finger. Finger <laughs> red. Uh, um, not sure if people are thinking right now i hope he does more et or stops yeah. it altogether immediate halt stop i no think more. i think we're done i think it, everyone was really excited when we started and then i think we killed it i think it's done I, now. i think so i think so yeah. when i get the yeah. feeling like we've gone too far i think that's right. a good signal that the people listening probably agree yeah. That's a good limit. You got to know when your 15 minutes of fame are up and ours are up on the ET impression. That's right. Yeah. Listeners want no more ET. Joke dead. Ouch. <laughs> oh, I feel like I could keep going. <laughs> for a long, a just long do the whole time. thing in ET. <laughs> a long time. I feel like a just long, dub- yeah, yeah. The Double whole, maybe down the whole on time. it. Maybe the whole time. Ex- maybe an extended app, just because I do so much of it. <laughs> a two-parter. A two-parter. First part, all ET. <laughs> yeah. Second part, only mostly ET. Yeah, a little bit of ET. Um. Okay. Getting back to the characters. Each character in this movie 
is so different from the other that they really needed to get a dynamic group of people together to really diversify the cast and and mm-hmm. make it seem like everybody is unique and has differences because they want to dig into those characters and show you kind of who they are. And that really worked. I think they did a really good job with that. And I think getting that done starts at who you're casting in these roles. So yeah, I, I definitely liked what they did. Um, what did you think of the cast? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think that they are so different being their characters and they're all kind of playing. I mean, all like the kids are kind of playing these spoiled brats and they all bring something different to their spoiled brat role that it it rounds out everyone else. It's almost like one person being good at what they're doing makes the other person better, like makes you actually think of that other person as like, oh, yeah, they do have their thing because it's different than this guy's thing. And then that's different than this guy's thing. I felt the same way. I felt like they were very... They're rounded out. Nobody blended together. There was a lot of guys in this movie, like a lot of young guys in this room and in this movie, and none of the characters blended together. I knew who everyone was, and I knew what what everyone's sort of, um, what their thing was, you know, what their motivation could have been or why they were in that room. I, I just really, yeah, I got I got the sense of that. So uh, I think that's the characters. Yeah, having this, this cool cast of characters. Yeah, so I'm going to mention another movie. I know you're a big fan of it. And I kind of like watching this movie this time, I kind of got the vibe of this other movie just for like what they're doing with the characters and the mystery aspect. But this time around, I really felt like there was some sort of a clue vibe going on in this movie. Okay. Okay. Kind of like another character piece, mostly set in a house. Um, Don't, you don't really know like, who the who the yeah. I don't want to give too much away, but who like the bad person might be or, or what? But yeah, yeah, it, that it, that is interesting. There are aspects to it of uh, for sure. There's there's for sure aspects to Clue. It doesn't have like the goofiness that Clue has, but um, I mean, it's a much more serious movie for sure. It, yeah, it's much more serious. But yeah, you're right. Sort of like all these characters interacting and also them sort of trying to figure out their interactions and maybe even tiptoe around their interactions. That is, yeah, that's very much kind of like, yeah, cool. Okay. So I thought it might help to like lay out the structure of this movie a bit before we get going, because it is fairly complicated. Um, I think this will help just make it a little bit easier on the listeners. So what's going on in this movie is you have a group of friends, I'd say in their 20, like low twenties, I think they want it to seem like, like you said, they seem like spoiled brats. Um, one of one of the, those guys, his sister is kidnapped. So they, in turn, kidnap a mob boss, played by Christopher Walken, and hold him hostage in order to get their sister back, even though Walken had nothing to do with this. Then, basically, the movie follows three groups around, back and forth between three groups. You have the boys and Walken at a house. You have Walken's tough guy, played by Dennis Leary, and he's out on the streets trying to figure out who kidnapped the sister. And then you have the two guys who kidnapped the sister. And the movie just kind of goes flashing between those three groups, mostly right. focusing on Walken and the guys at the house, and then yeah. kind of like following the others subsequently. Mm-hmm. So we start off, and it's a, a pretty stylized opening credit sequence for the time. Um, I thought it really like set the appropriate mood for the movie, but credits 
they weren't really doing stuff like this all that much. You know, there were a few yeah. movies doing it, but this was really it was really interesting. Did you did you happen to notice the opening credits? I did. I definitely did because I had to start the movie twice. I got like about three minutes in and realized that I just should switch up the way I was watching it. And so then I just started from the beginning again. And when I started from the beginning again, I was like, oh, man, here come those five minute credits. But they weren't actually that long. It's just like the first time they felt really long, but they were. Yeah, they're really stylized, showing everybody's name. Um, And yeah, all like it's hard to explain. It's almost like it was trying to be like old film or something like that. Like there was something corrupting the film or something. I don't know. It was it was interesting for sure. I actually enjoyed them the second time around more because I thought they were going to be so long and then they were actually not that long. So I did enjoy them the second time. Yeah, tough to explain what's going on, but definitely not your typical intro. Yeah. Now we start off here with the character that Christopher Walken is playing, Charlie, and Dennis Leary playing Lano. And Walken and Lano, they go into his favorite restaurant, and a couple of guys are sitting at his table, Dean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. This is not good. And we quickly learn that, like, Walken is, I guess I should call him Charlie. Charlie's, like, a powerful person because the... Like the the maitre d at the restaurant is very apologetic. He's like, I, I can't believe someone's yeah. in your table. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, the, the maitre d's trying to get these guys to leave. Um, they're kind of, you know, just questioning like, why? You know, we're just about done. We'll just give it a few minutes. Walken comes over and they immediately recognize him as this yeah. like crime boss. And they're very apologetic. And they offer to buy him a drink for the inconvenience. And, and he accepts. And then uh, another one of their friends kind of show up and join him at the table and they're just kind of hanging out. It's good character setup right away because you can tell Walken is such a big deal and all he's done is gotten out of a car and walked through a hotel lobby and then got uh, like approached a booth. And like in that time, I'm like, yeah, this guy's a huge deal. Get out of his booth. What are you doing? He's going to shoot you in the face. <laughs> like, I just, you know that something, they shouldn't be there. You just know he's got this, like, this importance to him. And I think Walken's just so good at that. He looks scary. He's got, like, this jet black hair, and he actually looks scary. He's, like, intimidating at the beginning of this movie. Yep, for sure. Yeah, well, they're all hitting it off at the table. And, um, you know, the guys are about to leave. And they ask Charlie if uh, if he wants to join them. You know, they're kind of going to go out for the night on the town and they invite him along. And yeah. you can tell like he's like excited. You know, he's like he he wants this. He's this kind of old timer. And yeah. the, the the young guys want to hang out with him. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I'm. let's do it. I'm coming. And yeah, like, he's like, I'm down. I want to hang out with the boys. I haven't hang out with the boys in so long. He's like, I, I know your father. <laughs> like he yeah. like, knows some of their fathers. And he's just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's hang out with the boys. He covers their tab. You know, he's like the nicest guy. And it's like, okay, you know, like Walken's a big deal, but he seems pretty chill. He it seems, seems like cool. he'd be a good hang. Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, they head out in the car and on the ride to wherever they're going, they turn on Charlie, they hold him down, they inject him with something and knock him out. <laughs> Yep. And Charlie wakes up tied to a chair with four guys around him who explain the scenario of the kidnapped sister. They say there's a $2 million ransom. They don't have the money. 
and they need his help. They need him to put up the $2 million. So, Dean, what are you thinking at this point? At this point, Tim, I'm like, this plan is insane. First of all, I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm like, these kids, what, what, are they, what are they doing? What are they doing to this guy? And so they, they capture him. They tie him down. And they explain the plan. They explain that Elliot's sister, his name's not Elliot, <laughs> Avery, Avery's sister, has been kidnapped. And they don't have the money to pay. So they've kidnapped Christopher Walken to either use his powers as mob boss to figure out who it is and deal with it or pay the $2 million. Just like whatever they're doing, whatever he wants to do, however he wants to figure this out, it's on him now. He's kidnapped. And so he's going to have to figure it out and get their, get their sister back. It's insane. And I'm like, what? Who am I supposed to like? What is it? Am I supposed to like these kids? Am I supposed to like what they're doing? I don't understand this movie. Christopher Walken was this cool guy. Now he's tied to a chair. And there's these kids. That I don't think I like them. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get this movie. Yeah, I would say at this point, you do like Walken more than the kids. Because he's cool. Yeah. He's this cool guy, he's man. Cool. You yeah. would want to hang out with this guy. And then you do this to him. Yeah, but he's also like, he's also this criminal, right? So I'm. I, that's why I'm just like confused in this moment. I'm like... I like walking more, but like, he's supposed to be the bad guy. Like, am I supposed to like these kids? I was just so confused. And I, like, my emotions were just all over the place. I was just not, I was just having trouble connecting to something. Yeah. I couldn't agree more though, that this was a terrible idea. It's a horrible idea. It's so it's, bad. It's horrible. Don't do this. Don't do this. Everybody don't do that. Nobody do this. Please don't do no, this. No, definitely. Definitely not. Not a good idea. I mean, if you want to know if you should do it or not, you should watch the movie. Yeah. You'll, you'll find out if you should do it or not. <laughs> just contact me. I'll mail you my copy. Right. Yeah. Now, the guys here are Avery. You mentioned him. Yeah. His his sister was kidnapped. There's Max, who we learn a little bit later, is actually dating and engaged to the sister. Yeah. And that guy's uh, the, the guy who's in Boondock Saints. Yes. The, yeah. Sean yeah. Patrick. Yeah. Uh, right. Flair, Flattery? Flannery? Flannery? Flannery. Yeah. There's Brett. Played by Jay Moore. I love Jay Moore. Yeah. Oh, so uh, good. Side note, Jay Moore does one of the best Christopher Walken impressions I've ever heard. It, cool. It's classic. It's classic. But That's cool. There's Brett. Um, he's a bit of a hothead. He's the one who came up with this plan. <laughs> Great. And he wants to just be in control of all the situations. I feel like yeah. he felt it was his plan and it has to go you know, the way he, he wants it to go. Uh, nothing can deviate from what he's already like laid out. And yeah, he's a bit of a hothead. Yeah, he's extremely invested. And it's really just because he likes to have control on the situation. Yeah, uh, because it's like, it's Avery's sister. It's what's the other guy? Max, did you Max, say? Max, yes. Yeah, it's Avery's sister. It's Max's girlfriend. Right. And Brett's just like a friend of theirs, but he is the most invested. Like, he's the it's hottest it's head his there. It's his plan. He doesn't want it to go bad poorly because he came up with it. So he is like, yeah, he is the most invested in it. And I thought that was funny. It's not even, he doesn't even have this like personal connection to her. Yeah. You can totally, like after seeing the movie and understanding Brett's character, you can totally see Brett coming up with this shitty plan. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. This seems yeah. like a Brett And plan. thinking it's the best. Yeah. Uh, and to round it out, we have TK and he's a med student and was responsible for the drug that knocked Charlie out in the car and is yeah. now in charge of keeping Charlie alive because, Dean, they cut one of his fingers off. Cut one of his fingers off. 
They mentioned that the kidnappers cut off one of the sister's fingers. So they're right. going to do the exact same to Charlie. Yeah. And I just, I'm very taken aback at this point with yes. how chill and cool Charlie is still being in this situation. Yeah. Without a finger. Tied to a chair. Tied to a chair. Situation. Kidnapped. Completely out of his control. No finger. He's chill. He's cool. Like, He's cool. He, boys, he, boys, he keeps boys. giving them chances. He's like, are you sure yeah. you want to do this? Yeah. He's like, let's just look, forget about this. Look, yeah. Let's forget about this. If you let me go right now, you untie me, I'll forget yeah. this ever happened. And I'll call my driver. Let me call my driver. He'll pick me up. It'll be all good. I'll leave. I won't yeah. even remember who you guys are. I'll be fine. Yeah. I don't know whether he's telling the truth there or not. I think I it's kind of believe him. It's 50. I think it's 50 50 for me. It's 50 50. 99% of all the mob bosses, actually maybe even a hundred, hundred percent of all the mob right. bosses that you do this to, they yeah. will take revenge. I feel yeah. like with Charlie here, I feel like he was kind of on the level. I feel like I might be 50, 50, whether or not he yeah. actually lets them go or he takes, you know, he takes out repercussions on them. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it is 50, 50. He's, he's that chill. He's just like, maybe it'll be fine. He's a great character. I like, yeah. It. Oh yeah, he is. Johnny Galecki shows up now. He's playing yeah. Ira, our yes. favorite part in the movie, it sounds like. Yes. Definitely the best character. So it's his house that they're at. He yes. was not in on the plan. Yes. He thought they were just going to play some poker. <laughs> and he freaks out in like that funny way that Johnny Galecki would freak out. So good. So perfect. This is where the movie takes off for me because... I'm like I said, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what's going on? Like, what is this movie? What is this dumbass plan? What am I supposed to what am I supposed to grab onto here? Johnny Galecki bursts in the front door as Ira and just calls everyone a fucking idiot, tells them their plan's stupid. What the hell are they doing? They cut off this man's finger. This man is a this man is a mob boss. What are you doing? Didn't you recognize him? And he just like goes off on everyone for like five minutes. And I'm like, yes, this is me right now. Yeah. I am Johnny Galecki. I am <laughs> totally. bursting in here being like, what are you doing, you guys? What is this plan? It's so stupid. And so fine. So I just like, I have something to grab onto. It's also an amazing performance. You know, yeah. I'm just like, it's so funny. And it's so like relatable that i'm just like hell yeah okay now i am in now i am into the movie it's so good he recognizes charlie and just has an epic freak out like it's are so you good. guys stupid i've got a quote here from him i was gonna read it perfect i can't yeah. do a johnny galecki uh. so i'm gonna read it in the voice of et how about that <laughs> i think that'll ruin it this is, you think so we'll try it we're gonna try this is johnny galecki's okay, freak go out. for it go for it do you know who this is? We're dead. We're all dead. He kills people for a living. What do you think he's gonna do to us? <laughs> How was that? That was actually really good, Tim. That was really good. <laughs> That's E.T. coming in the house. <laughs> it's Pretend it's E.T.'s house for a second. <laughs> it would have worked with E.T. as well, I think. <laughs> Elliot, do you know who this is? <laughs> he kills people for a living, Elliot Avery. Uh, 
Um, yes. Anyways, it was great. It's um, it's the comic relief you kind of need in this movie, but you don't yeah. know that you need it until the movie's done, and you kind of look back and you're like, if if Ira wasn't in this movie, this movie would not have been nearly as good as it is. He he's a perfect yeah. character to add into the mix here. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting and weird thing because it's not like anyone else is bad in the movie. Everyone else is good. And I like all the other things that are going on in the movie. But you need this one character telling everyone that it's stupid. Like you need this yeah. one character freaking out about everything and telling them their plans are stupid. And every time they decide to do something else, freaking out about it. You, we kind of need that person to connect with. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if I would have liked it or not. I would have got to the end and just been like, had this feeling of like, okay, whatever, like just a bunch of bad stuff happened. Like, I don't know if I really liked that. But him in the movie just gives you something to connect with. And it, it yeah, it just makes it so good. Yeah, I think the movie doesn't work without his character. I think I agree. many characters in this movie you could just erase from the yeah. movie and the movie plays out exactly the same. I yeah. don't think that works if you do that with Ira. Yeah, totally agree. Essential, the essential character. He is. He's the most essential in the movie for me. Yeah. I, I would say Charlie being number two. Yeah. So they put Charlie on a call with his lawyer. Charlie explains this the situation he's in and wants him and Lano to try to find the sister. So he's like saying, okay, well, I'm going to help. You know, he... Feels like his life is in danger, so he's going to help. The lawyer, like, really quickly gets back to them. Like, we see maybe yeah. one or two scenes. Maybe it's been five minutes. The lawyer calls back and says, they already have a line on the two guys that kidnapped the sister. Yeah, right like, away. How powerful <laughs> these guys are. Yeah. Yeah, they say the girl is still alive, but the guys that took her are very unstable. And he also tells Charlie that his source says there might be an inside player on this one. Ooh. Very, yes, Ooh. exactly. This Saucy. is where you start to get into the, the mystery. There might be an inside player part of the kidnapping. Yeah, neat. Very uh, neat, yeah. It's time for another Ira freakout because there's a lock on his parents' liquor cabinet that they break so they can start drinking booze. And Charlie wanted a drink. They got to get Charlie a yeah. drink. Yeah. Uh, so he's freaking out that the cabinet's broken and that they drank his father's booze because his father marks the levels. He's just like, what did it. you do? What the fuck did you do? Why don't you just stab me in the fucking back? He says, it's like, <laughs> that's how dramatic he's being. You know, oh, yeah. they broke a tiny lock on the liquor cabinet and are drinking the booze. And he's like, you may as well have just stabbed me in the back. Yeah, it's so funny. He's and so it's outrageous. So, he's so outrageous. And it's so funny because all these characters are like these, like we said, these spoiled brats. They're all rich kids. Like we can all tell they're very, they're rich kids. And it just seems like all their parents just weren't around enough. You know, <laughs> they just didn't give them enough yeah, guidance. Totally. And so you have this, you have this cool uh you have this cool moment in the in 
Yeah, I guess it's multiple moments in this house where they do something that will upset probably Ira's parents. And then he just flips out. Like yeah. you can just tell like this is the this is the connection with the parents were in one of their houses. And it's like, oh, if you drink their booze, it's over. Like they will end me. And it's like, wow. OK, yeah, they are. Uh, his parents are not there, but they're definitely gonna be very strict when they get home. Yeah. Is that my father's gun? You know, we're not allowed in my parents' bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got exactly. The, he's got the, it's like the reaction like a 13-year-old would have, right? Exactly. But he's supposed yes. to be like in, in his like 20s. So, it's very yeah, funny. because I think he has very strict, very very strict parents. Yeah, I think that that uh his response to that gun thing is just like uh I think it's Jay Moyer's character Brett is his response to this is like, "What are you talking about? You show us it every time we come <laughs> over." Like, that is the 13-year-old boy thing. Like just every time they come over and your parents are at home it's like, "Want to go into my parents' room and look at their yeah. gun?" <laughs> I love that it's not about the gun though. It's not like, "What are you doing yeah. with the gun?" It's like, "You know we're not allowed to go into their bedroom." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Going yeah, well, going into their bedroom is like there's an alarm on that thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst thing, dude, going into the bedroom. Yeah. So now that Charlie knows that this might be an inside job, things get really fun here because he starts talking to the guys one-on-one -on -one and he's analyzing them. He's yes. trying to figure out if there is an inside player, who might it be? And you can tell, man, you can tell this dude is good at reading people and he's trying to figure things out by asking them the questions and listening how they respond and kind yeah. of setting them up in different like verbal scenarios to see how they'll deal with it. Um, this is kind of like a lot of the meat and potatoes of this movie is yeah. in this house, listening to these conversations that Christopher Walken's character of Charlie has with these five guys. Um, we spend a lot of time here, not all in a row. We, we kind of flash back to other things, but so it doesn't, it's never boring. It's always exciting. But this is kind of where, yeah, this is where it all happens. Yeah, you always have you always have a cut somewhere else to break up the talks. But the talks are yeah. so good because, like, you, you, we'll we'll remind everyone that like he is duct taped to a chair, like around his chest, around his arms, around his legs. Like he is, he cannot move at all. No. Um, and he's just sitting there and he's having these talks with these kids and it's just Christopher Walken, just so calm, you know, still in that moment of being tied with like his finger cut off. He's just so chill and he's just like trying to bond with these kids to try to get information out of them. And he like he'll ask to be wheeled somewhere else, like he'll ask for his chair to be wheeled close to someone else so he can have a talk with them. It's so funny that he's just like trying to work his way around this group and work his way around the room. Yeah, it's cool, though. He'll be like, um can you put me over by the fireplace in that other room? Right. And yeah. it's only because one of the guys he wants to talk to is there. Right. Yeah, so exactly. E even in his like manipulation of getting moved around the house, he's doing it with a purpose. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So Charlie talks to Max and Max is the one who's uh, engaged to the sister. Uh, we learn that he was with the sister the night she was taken yeah. Max says they took a wrong turn. They got lost. The kidnappers broke into the car, knocked him out, and dragged her off. And Charlie asks Max what she's like. And Max says she's more than beautiful. When she looks at you, she can stop your heart, then make it start up again. And he asks Charlie, 
if he's met any girls like that. And Charlie says, yeah, all of them. <laughs> I love that line. So good. Yeah, so good. I love that line. Yeah. Um, it's just so great. It's like, yeah. then having Walken deliver that line, like the charisma sure. in his delivery. Yeah. Man. You believe him. Man. Yeah, it's not, it's not a joke. You're like, you, be- you believe him that he's just in love with every woman. <laughs> yeah, he delivers a few lines in this movie that have stuck with me ever since yeah. the first time I saw it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, he, he's he's so good going around the room, like or going like person to person here, trying to get us information. And I'm really never one to try to figure out what's going on in a movie. It's just not like the way my brain works. Like I just kind of watch it. I don't I don't ever think of head right. of what's going to happen. Um, and this one I was this one, and it's not even that I was thinking ahead. I would just hear someone's story and just be like, okay, it's not him. Like I can tell it's not him. Like right. I can tell it's not uh, Max. He's totally in love with his girlfriend, so I know it's not him. You know, I was just doing that while I was watching um, because I was invested in the character. So I think the movie does a good job with those one-on-ones of like telling you too, like, okay, like what do you think? What do you think of this person? You just got more about their character. What do you think? Are they lying? Yeah. Uh, so I love definitely, that. they definitely let yeah. you let you play along. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, you play along. Yeah. Tim, we we gotta talk about Dennis Leary. Oh, oh he's up next. Yeah, I was gonna say okay, Lano. Okay. He's he's jumping around the city from place to place. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to track down the kidnappers, and he's playing a great role. So what do you Amazing. what do you think of of Dennis Leary as Lano in the city doing the things he's doing, uh, being the strong arm, being the thug? What'd you think? So good, Tim. Dennis Leary is a treasure. He is a treasure in this movie. Yep. He's fucking hilarious. He is so funny. He's got this bit that he has fish <laughs> shoes, that he has shoes made stingray. out of stingray. Stingray, yeah. And he paid 1500 bucks for them, and he's telling everybody ah. about them, and he's trying to justify his purchase of $1,500 stingray shoes. And it is the, for me, that shit is so funny. It's the funniest bit of him. Every time they cut back to him, he's talking about his fish shoes and people just calling them fish shoes. And he's like, it's stingray. Like, it's, it's expensive. A guy has to, a guy has to rent a boat. He has to go out on a boat. He has to catch the stingray. It's so funny explaining these shoes. Anyways, every time they cut to Dennis Leary, I was laughing my ass off. Like yeah. his character <laughs> totally. is so funny how he's just like, He's so manic, you know, he's just like telling the guy, the partner he's with, he just keeps telling him to shut up and stop touching stuff and yelling at him. But then like he gives like a a squeegee guy on the street, like 500 bucks to like clean himself up and, uh, you know, and, and get a job. And it's like, what is this character? Like this character does nice things in the movie to help people, but then is also just this huge hothead. I loved it. I absolutely. Anytime he's on screen, I'm like, yes, thank you. Yeah, he was, he was great. That whole stingray shoe thing. It's like. <laughs> He spent the money and he, yeah. he wants it to be like justified by his buddy. Like he wants his buddy yeah. to say that it's okay to spend that money, yes. but nobody thinks it's okay to spend that money on shoes. So no. when he doesn't get the validation, it hurts his feelings. And no, then he, for sure, he yeah. kind of like has outbursts about it. He brings up the stingray shoes like three or four times in the movie. Very funny. So funny. I think I think my one of my favorite part from his buddy there is when he's been telling him about the shoes, trying to justify it. Then the squeegee guy comes. He gets out of the car. He gives him uh, he gives him five hundred bucks, and then he gets back in the car. And his buddy's like, "Between the shoes and that guy, you're down two grand." Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And then, Just still taking digs at him. And then the the uh, 
the homeless guy he comes back asking for a cigarette. Larry right, just gave yeah. him 500 bucks, and the guy yeah, asks him if he's got a cigarette. So, yeah, Larry freaks out. He pulls his gun on him, and he's about to shoot yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, like, he, he, you know, he is very, like, hot and cold. He, you know, he's, he's hot like, and cold, for he's sure. He's very yeah. chill. He's like, he'll give yeah. you the money, but don't push him any further. There's another instance here. It's jumping a little bit ahead. But he, um, he needs to get a bit of info from the restaurant. So yeah. he goes in there, and he asks the guy at the restaurant for some information. The guy gives him information, and then he's like, you know, thank you. Here's a little bit bit of money for your uh, trouble. And the guy's like, oh, no, I, I couldn't take your money. Um, you know, Charlie takes very good care of, of us. And he's like, yeah. He just looks at him. He's like, fuck you then. And he grabs his money and walks <laughs> off. He's like, you want my money? <laughs> fuck you then. I'll, you, don't, you don't have to have it. It's like, I'm just yes, offering you money. He gets very offended. Money. He gets offended. He's very offended by people. By things, uh, I yeah. think the genius of his character in the movie is that we cut to him like two or three times before we even really knew who he was. Like we kind of knew he was Charlie's driver, but we cut to him before like there was anything happening with him. You know, we were just getting scenes with him that weren't directly related to the plot. And I think that just like built him up to us, you know, at one point after like the second time or maybe the third time, my wife, my wife was like, who is this guy? Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's the driver from the beginning. And she's like, oh, okay. Okay. But like, we already have this character built up before he gets the call. Uh, It's great. Yeah. I read Dean that all of his lines except one were improvised hell yeah and you can hell yeah that makes I believe sense because they're so it. funny i believe, yeah, I believe it, it. it yeah it's so yeah. funny because he really is like in this role just being dennis leary you know yeah. it's it's the most i don't know like, i guess all, like a lot of his roles you feel like it's dennis leary but this just felt maybe like the most dennis leary i've seen totally absolutely i I want to watch it again just just to see his parts even. Like it's it's amazing. He's so funny. Yeah, it it's great. Now he goes to visit um this waitress from the restaurant where the the guy that he just tried to pay off uh, who didn't want his money told him, "Well, she was working when these guys came in, so you could go talk to her at her place." He gets the address. He heads over to her place. When she answers the door, her lip is cut. Because her drunk piece of shit dad attacked her. And Lano proceeds to have a heart-to-heart moment with the dad in what I thought was a wonderful scene. Because it's amazing. This is like the one part in the movie where they actually actually slowed everything down. Like this movie's been moving really, really fast. Lots of fun scenes, lots of great um, uh, interactions, but Everything kind of, kind of like paused here because something it seemed like very serious was going on, and even the yeah. music completely changed to to a completely yeah. different tone, and even uh, Dennis Leary's character Lano, his whole attitude completely shifted here. This is yeah, this was like a, an entire movie shift that happened. So you take note, you know, you 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 kind of sit up and you're like, well, what's going on here? This is different. Yeah. After a speech, you you just go, whoa, like because it's it's like that heavy and he hasn't really been heavy yet. He's just been hilarious, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah. And it's long enough that you realize, you know, halfway through that it's like, oh, he's this is serious. This is serious stuff. He's not just like building something up here to be funny at the end or something like this is serious. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he he opens up to the dad and he's like, he's like saying he understands. He's like, "I, I understand. Um, that you have this problem. He's like, my grandfather 
had this problem. He was abusive to my dad. My dad had this problem. He was abusive to me. But if, um, if he says, if I ever hear that you have done this again, I'm going to come back and make you pay. Yeah. It's just very straight out. Just like, I get it, but you can't do it again or I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. He says like, I think he says something like, so keep drinking, like keep having your beer if you want. That's fine. But if you ever touch, you know, if you ever touch her or if I ever see that she's hurt again, you know, I'm coming back and I'm getting you with the, I think with a baseball bat, he was saying. And we're all just like, whoa, that was. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, whoa one of the most impactful speeches I've heard. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I would just be like, yep, I get it, dude. I get it. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Totally. Then this guy looks him in the eye and says, on your way out, send the girl back in because I'm not done with her yet. So he, <laughs> fucking Lano, he calmly walks over to the kitchen, grabs a toaster starts wrapping the cord around his hand for grip and then just smacks the shit out of this guy. Yeah. And it's aggressive. Like it is violent. It is violent. Yeah. Yeah. So good scene. Um, you know, we're all kind of happy that this guy, this dad, Oh, we want to see it. Yeah. We want to see it. We're okay with it. Yeah. I think it really also helps build the character of Lano and Charlie though, as, as actual bad guys, like yeah. with Charlie in the house, it's tough to get the vibe that he's a bad guy because he, he he's blending in as one of the guys, right? He, he's this yeah. cool guy. We we need Lano out on the street doing terrible shit like this, hurting yeah. people, so that we know these are serious times now that they've kidnapped yeah. Charlie. Like you're not just gonna get away with this. This is a big deal. Like you're dealing with very violent people here. Yeah. So I, I like the yeah. scene um, giving us that in the way that they gave it. Yeah, totally. It's like the 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 stakes are real. Like you you could be if this guy catches up to where you are, if he finds out where you're holding Charlie, this could be a problem for you, for your group of friends here. Yeah. Um, and then it's also done in a way that shows us that like Lano cares about someone else, you know, like he's actually sticking up for someone in the moment as well. But yeah, it lets us know that it's like, okay, uh, he's a violent guy. He's not, not a great, not a great, you know, not a, things aren't going to go well for you if he shows up. Yeah. He's got a soft spot, but I like that yeah. because it seems that Charlie has a soft spot. So it would make totally, sense. Good guys. That, yeah. It would make sense that he would align himself with Lano who also yeah. has a bit of a heart, you know, yeah. as bad as they are, they've got a bit of heart. They get it, you know? Yeah. They, yeah. I feel like they know that they were kids once too. They did yeah. like wild and crazy shit. This might have even been something they would have done as kids right. themselves. So they kind of yeah. like see themselves in these kids. But at the yeah. same time, like you can't do this. You know, you, you can't do this and get away with it. Yeah. Now, Ira, Dean, Ira gets wind that there <laughs> might be an inside player. And he immediately becomes best friends with Charlie and promises yep. to find out who it is. Yeah, great. He's, it's it's the that's the best. Iris had enough. He's had enough. He's yeah. switching sides. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's switching sides. He's going to find out who the. Okay, I heard that there's it's an inside job. There's a rat. I will find that person for you. 
So great. He has a heart to heart with Charlie. He's like, yeah, I just want I just want to let you know yeah. I'm going to do everything I can to find out who this rat is, and we're going to figure it out, and we're going to get you free. It's so <laughs> yeah, great. He's I'm on so it. Awesome. I'm on this rat business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Charlie convinces the guys to play some poker because he's bored. He's like, well, let's, yeah. let's do something, you guys. And I think it's also a great opportunity for him to start drawing more information out of this group. For so sure, kind of, yeah. He's kind of done his one-on-ones now. He's been around the house with everybody. Now he gets them all down uh, at a table together where he can continue to kind of like manipulate people and start to play them off against each other. Right, yeah, yeah, totally. And basically, this is where things start to fall apart for the guys. Um, they learn here that Brett actually has an outstanding gambling debt and he owes $20,000. So the guys start ripping into Brett about how how is he going to pay that money back? You know, what was his plan? Um, Avery is really freaked out here. He actually yeah. doesn't think any of them are involved, but he's very worried about Charlie and wants to get Charlie to the hospital because uh, TK lets us know, like the doctor guy, lets us know yeah. Charlie's an alcoholic and apparently has a bit of a condition because of that where his body won't like create uh blood clotting so he's essentially just bleeding out he's gonna bleed right, to death yeah. so he, yeah. he, the situation is like more severe now than even before like he is now dying yeah they cut off his pinky and he hasn't stopped bleeding bleeding like the whole they time. can't stop the bleeding on that pinky so they're just like we gotta get him to the hospital like someone's got to deal with this or he's just gonna die in this chair yeah um i feel like so far, the, the movie's been doing a really good job of balancing whether the guys will actually quit the plan because of like how kind of like how severe it gets along the way, or will they let Charlie go? And if they do let him go, what will Charlie actually do? So th- those are kind of those are kind of the stakes that are in play. And I don't like I'm, most of the time, I don't know which way they're going to go. Yeah, for sure. And 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 Charlie's often um doing like negotiations along the way just with details of the plan of like where to, you know, what to do, where to meet, like or like even getting a drink or not. You know, he's just always kind of negotiating and Brett's always there to just be like, "No, you can't do that. No, you can't elevate his his hand. Right. He has to have it like duct taped to the chair. You can't uh, take his hand out. He's like a dangerous criminal." So Brett's just always there to keep on the plan. So they do a good job of like every character having their doubts for all whatever reason it is and wanting to let him go and Brett just being there being like, no way you can't do that. We won't do it. Uh, so yeah, it's like you think like, man, if they could ever get Brett on board, they'd probably let him go, <laughs> but they just can't, they can't get Brett on board. That's a great point. Yeah. They, they can't yeah. get him on board because it's his plan, right? Like it's he's laid plan. out the he plan. They can't fail. Part of the plan is not letting Charlie go. So it's a good, it's a good plan. It's a bad plan. It's a horrible it's a bad, plan. It's a bad plan. It's a bad call. Yeah. Ira let us know it was a bad call. He made a bad call. Now, back on the outside, Dean, Lano's beat his way up the ladder, and he's found out where the kidnappers are hiding with the sister. Right, yeah. So the lawyer calls Charlie and says they have the $2 million ready and asks if he still wants to go through with it. And Charlie does. So the lawyer needs directions to the drop point. Right. He's not familiar with this area of town and yeah. needs to figure out how to get there. 
Now everybody starts putting in their two cents about go this way and then that way and then this way. And everybody's like, no, 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 don't do that. Go this way. No, 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 go this way. And Max jumps in and puts his foot down and he gives very accurate, very specific directions to the place. Right, right. And Charlie calls him out on this because Max supposedly got lost in that same area the night of the kidnapping. And now he just gave the lawyer perfect directions to the drop point. So he, he's a little suspicious about that. Yes, but, and and oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just gonna say this is this is where the music cue um, had me thinking about this even earlier, even earlier than this moment, because when they were talking about the um, when they're playing poker and they were talking about the gambling debt story, Ira started telling it, and then. Everyone was like, Ira, you suck at telling stories. You're horrible. And Max is like, you can never tell a story right. And then Max is like, I'll tell it. And yeah. so he starts telling it. And the music was weird. The music was like kind of creepy. And it's like, why did why would that kind of music be there? And it's because you they wanted you to know that Max is a good storyteller. You know, he's the one who told the story. So maybe before when we were listening to him say something, it was a story. Maybe he just told it really well. Right, right. So Charlie thinks he's figured it out now. He says he thinks Avery is the inside guy. And he thinks these supposed kidnappers were owed money by Avery. And he came up with this plan so that he could clear his debt. Yeah, yeah. But he also starts pushing Max really hard here. Um, And Max ends up confessing that the whole plan was his idea. Yes. And so this is is interesting bringing it back to... Max telling a story about being so in love, like, and I bought it. I was like, he's so in love. And then coming back to the poker game where it's like, oh, he's good at telling stories. Okay. So I think that, yeah, this is Max. Max did it, or at least Max set up the plan here because he was telling a lie before. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Brett freaks out here. This is not going according to plan. So <laughs> no, Brett does Brett. not like this at all. <laughs> it's time for a Brett blow up. He freaks out and he wants to cut Max's finger off now. He's like, we, we yeah. cut the finger off the wrong guy. Right? <laughs> Which I think is funny because what do you mean you cut it off the wrong guy? You still needed Christopher Walken's yeah, help I know. no matter who, you know, no matter who was behind it. That's just the process in Brett's head. He's like, you know, yeah. this went wrong. I need to cut someone else's finger off. Someone's finger out. Next person, whose finger? Whose finger's going off? We've cut one finger. Once you cut one off, Tim, you just kind of get a taste for you get it. Used to you it, just yeah. want to cut off a bunch of fingers. You start to enjoy it. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, so he's got he's got the the finger choppers up against Max's finger. He's about to do it, Dean. It's very tense. Yeah. But Avery comes out and confesses that it was actually his idea. Right, yeah. To kidnap his own sister. It was his idea to kidnap his own sister. Yeah. To get rid of this debt. So yeah. Brett puts the gun up against Avery's head. And Avery is is Great performance here, man. He's just, he's like upset. He's sad. He's like almost crying. He says, "Yeah, he lost the money gambling, and had no way out." Yeah. So they took his sister, and he needed Max's help. And Avery only owed fifty k, but they asked for two million. Right. And he thought nobody would get hurt in this situation, and then all of a sudden they're getting fingers sent to them. You know. So this is like. Avery thought that this was, you know, going to be a fine thing, an easy way out. And obviously it's spiraled out of control. Yes, exactly. 
So the geyser's devastated, Dean. Lano shows up at the house now. He's uh, found it all by himself. He finds Charlie taped to the chair beside Ira, who's also now taped to a chair as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's because when all this shit went down and Ira found out who that his friends were behind it, he just started... (laughs) trashing his own house he started breaking the own, his own shit in his house and throwing stuff around so they got ira taped to a chair too it's the best dude it's the best uh lano wants to shoot everyone he just yeah. wants to kill them all they all deserve to die but charlie tells him only to shoot brett yes only to shoot brett because it was his plan he exactly. even calls he says this is my man ira here yeah, he said. Lano asks who Ira is, and he said, "Is my man Ira? They're buddies. It worked. They're friends." And it was a nice callback to Brett because, like, early in the movie when they just got walk-in, um, Brett says it was his plan. Like, he's proud of it. He's like, totally, "Yeah, this, yeah. Is, he's this is my bragging. plan." And then yeah. Walken's like, "Yeah, I'll remember that." And then yeah. so when when Lano is looking for someone to shoot, yeah, Walken's like, "No, no, 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 don't shoot." I think he wanted to sh- shoot someone else. He's like, "No, don't shoot him." Yeah shoot brett yeah he's like shoot that guy was his plan (laughs) yeah so he shoots brett in the leg it's great (laughs) it is good but then dean this is the interesting part charlie says he still wants to go through with the plan now that lano's there and lano frees him he still wants to go through with it yeah he still wants to he wants to keep his word he still wants to put up the two million to get the sister back he's a good guy yeah so the money gets dropped off Avery goes to the hospital where his sister is supposed to be taken, but she never makes it to the hospital. She mm. was never dropped off. Yeah. So that's bad. Uh, <laughs> Seems very bad. Lano and Charlie, they say, that's bad business, they say. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. And one one thing we haven't we haven't mentioned, but is worth maybe pointing out right now, we get some cuts with the... Uh, with the two kidnappers and they're just absolute idiots. Like they're almost killing each other. They're just wild and dumb. And so it's not surprising to me that, you know, the, at this moment when we know that the sister isn't at the hospital, it's not even surprising to me. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't these guys bring her there? They're idiots. Yes. Yeah. Great point. They mentioned earlier that these guys are unstable. We've seen a couple scenarios where uh, like Brad Garrett is one of these guys plays a great dumb villain, but his buddy puts a gun up to his head. Yeah. And, and it was like, it was like for the remote control to the television. That's right. He wanted to watch something different. Yeah. So puts the gun to his head and then ends up pulling the trigger. Yeah. But nothing happens, but he got the controller because it freaked, freaked Garrett out. He's like, he gives yeah. up the controller. And then we're like, Oh, the, the gun was empty. Gun was empty. Yeah. Garrett gets the gun, dumps the shells out. Only one of the rounds was empty. Yeah. So he may have just been playing just Russian roulette there, possibly. Yeah. He basically just got lucky he didn't die. Yeah. Then there was another scene where they're in a restaurant and it's like a pizza restaurant and there's kids running around and this kid runs up and <laughs> shoots Garrett in the face with a water pistol Yeah. and Garrett freaks out. He's like swearing and he pulls his gun out to shoot the yeah. kid. Yeah. And like his buddy has to calm him down and like stop him from killing a kid in a pizza store because he shot him in the face with a water pistol. I think he, when it's he's pulling funny. out his gun, he says, you said this was a safe place. <laughs> it was it was very funny. 
He was yeah. so mad. He's just so he's, he's so mad. He got shot little, in the face. With he killed this little seven year old who shot him with a water pistol. <laughs> yeah, he was going to do it. So yeah, so, yeah they're, they're unstable. They're unstable. very unstable. So it doesn't doesn't really surprise me when you when uh, Avery gets to the hospital and his sister isn't there. Yep. It doesn't surprise me at all. Exactly. So Lano and Charlie pay the kidnappers a visit. The kidnappers tell them they couldn't let the girl go because they never kidnapped her in the first place. Hmm. Huh? Uh, interesting. Where where is she then? Lano kills them both. Yeah, kills them dead. Uh, then he grabs the bag of money, and he says it's a bit light. Hmm. Ooh, what does that mean? We see Max take a taxi to the docks, where he's met by the sister. They get on a boat, and we see a flashback where we learn the two kidnappers. Did buy out Avery's debt. So that part of it was true. Yeah. And to get that debt covered, Max had a plan to get them $1 million instead of just 50,000. As long as they would go along with this plan to fake the kidnapping of the sister. Yeah. And we see Max and the sister make off to a tropical location on their boat with half the money, $1 million, and that's not all, though. That's not all. Tim, it was a plan within a plan. Yes. It was... I, I, I like it. I like this part. I like this reveal because it in no at no time, even though it's kind of like a triple reveal or whatever, like we thought it was someone, we thought it was someone else, and then finally it's this person, it doesn't wreck any of the other reveals like everything else still happened yes. and it doesn't wreck any of the characters because now this moment where max was talking about the sister and being so in love he was really talking about being so in love with her and then when he did like so so him knowing the direction somewhere and getting lost that was a whole story thing like it just everything kind of comes together with this being what actually happened so i thought it really worked even though it's really twisty at the end i thought it really worked I think it works really well as well. Yeah. I, I completely agree. It, it works so great. I, I love yeah. It. it. Yeah, it, it is. It's tight. It's a bit like loopy, like going like here to there, here to there, here to there. You're like, hmm, if, if the script was less tight, uh, it could fall apart. It could not make sense. But they do a good job of making it all make sense. And they don't give you something that's not really true. It's all true. Yeah. And on yeah, and you need this part. You need this last part. Like it does actually feel a little open and loose until we get this tight part at the end. And then it's like, oh, yeah. now everything makes sense. To exactly. Me. Yeah. So, Dean, days, weeks, or months later, we don't know. We don't know. Charlie finds Max and the sister on the boat. He wants his money back. Yeah. Max gives Charlie the money. The sister gives Max a hug. Tells him she loves him. Charlie looks at her and asks if this was all her idea. And she says, yes, this was all her idea. Charlie looks at Max and says, you were right about her. I That's another just delivered walk in line that I just oh, yeah. love. It's yeah. so perfect in this moment, you yeah. know, that he thinks back to what Max had said earlier about her earlier about her where she's she's so beautiful that she'll stop your heart and then start it again. Yeah, and totally. Walk in, he gets this first chance to actually see her, like see the person yeah. who's behind it. And he's like, you know what? You're right about her. Cool. 
And then he says, he also says, you should never lie to your friends. Yeah. And then we hear two gunshots. Bang, bang. And Max and the sister are dead. You should never lie to your friends. And the end. Yeah. And man, dude, this ending gets me every time I watch this movie. Yeah. The end deaths were so cinematic. They were done in such an interesting and stylized way. So you actually don't get to see them getting killed. Like it's very reminiscent of the opening credits and how they were um, filming that. Like we get like a super close in of their faces. I think at one point you can see somebody's eyeball and some hair kind of in front of it blowing in the wind. Um, There's like a strong filter on the camera lens. And then you just hear the shots. You never actually see what happens. And in that way, it's it's far more impactful for me than if we had actually seen them get shot. Yeah. And and honestly, it's like it's almost too it's too much to watch it. It's too much to watch that part because at that moment we kind of are on board with them, you know, like it because it's it's for love, it's you know, love and they story, got yeah. their money and they got away. They weren't gonna be allowed to be together because their parents hate each other. So yeah. like there was that going on also in the movie that they could never be together. So they're gonna run away. They got this plan, they got their money, they're on a boat, they're gonna run away. It's like, all right, love wins the day, great. But then you know, okay, well, you can't pull one on on walking though. He's gonna we know he's gonna catch up to you. Um he's like the most competent person in this movie. So he catches up. So you know they're going to get shot. You just know what's going to happen here. And so I like the cutaway or like not even the cutaway, but like you're saying, just like not exactly being able to see it and just hearing the bang, bang. It's uh, yeah, it's more impactful than if we watch if we watch it, it might have been a little icky. You know, I might, I might not have wanted to see it, but like when you hear it, it's like, ooh, it hits heavy. You don't want to see it because you like at the end here, you like all these characters. You like right? everyone on the boat. You yeah, like true. the sister because she's so yeah. beautiful. You know, you, you like Max because this was one hell of a plan that they pulled off. This was yeah. really incredible. And you do kind of want them just to get away. They're in a tropical location on their boat with the money. You want them yeah. to have that happy ending. You don't want to see them get shot. Um, it would be too much, but yeah, it was done so tastefully and so beautifully. Like It's a sad and tragic ending that... I don't think we're on our way to. I don't think yeah. the movie's going here, but it is for me what makes the movie great. This yeah. movie needs to have this ending to succeed. The same way that it needs Ira, it needs this ending. And yeah. um, on the DVD, there are two um, alternate endings. Um, this is. I usually like alternate endings better because the alternate endings are usually darker than the normal ending. But in this case, it was the opposite. So I don't, I don't think those alternate endings worked very well. Yeah. Uh, in one of them, walk-in takes, he shows up, he takes the money, he lets them live and they leave. Okay. Yeah. The other one, he takes the money, he shoots a hole in their boat. So their boat starts to sink and he leaves. Neither of those work for me. I need them both dying here, unfortunately. Um, it just makes for, strange to say it, but for me, a much more beautiful story. Yeah, and it just, it uh, sticks, uh, it sticks with everyone's character. Like, it just makes sense for everyone's character and makes right. sense for 
uh, you know, Christopher Walken character Charlie to do it. It just, uh, the other things kind of could work, but then it just wouldn't feel right. This felt right. It felt like, yeah, you you can't pull a fast one on him. He he catches up to you. He's going to shoot you. Like, that's just what's going to happen. And like the, the whole movie is basically like when, like we, like I said, when Ira comes in and he's telling you that this is a dumb plan and these kids, these kids are being idiots. Yeah. You need to stick with that. These kids are being idiots. This is stupid that they did this. So that kind of needs to be at the end of the movie as well. They can't just get away with it. Uh, it has to be like, yeah, this, you shouldn't do something like this. Uh, so this is the ending that we get and I like it. Right. Cool. All right. Well, hey, everybody, for some exclusive content from Talking Back, please check us out on Patreon. And for as little as $2 a month, you can get some bonus content. We'd appreciate your support. So please check out patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast for more information. And also please check out and subscribe to all of the podcasts on the Blast From Our Past Network. It's a great way to get your nostalgic fix. And you can find everything you need to know at bfopnetwork.com. Dean, thank you for joining. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back, where you can make a one-time donation of any amount. Or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.